0: Welcome to the Inner Feminine Beast Podcast, where I'm teaching you how to be the highest version of yourself that has the power, strength, courage, and clarity to claim the life you desire and have it emerge through here in the physical. This podcast will empower you to use the laws of the universe and align with your intuition to create big wins in business by teaching you winning sales strategies and wealth practices, my secrets to healthier relationships, better health, and living like the fierce woman you are. I'm your host, Cynthia Stant, a dedicated student to metaphysics, a self-made millionaire, and a CEO. Let's get it going and unleash your inner feminine beast. What is Hello, hello, my IFB. I'm excited for another Inner and Beast interview. Today is going to be fun. I'm going to give you a little background. So, you know, recently on the show, I've been loading you with a ton of tips on the mechanical, the tactical, all of the high ticket sales strategies. We're talking premium selling, scalable. We're talking luxury. We've had a lot of guests on the show who have been talking about IT. We've been talking about automating your whole systems. We're talking about sales strategies. Today, I want to bring it back to really my perception, the most important concept of all of it, because it's not just what you do that matters. It's who you are when you do it. Uh, I say this to my clients all the time. I can teach you the systems. I can teach you the strategies. You know, we can make the structure. I can help you to price, package, and promote. But if it's not in alignment with who you are, then we're not going to get aligned results as a leader of our company as a ceo of our company we need to make sure that we are really working within so that we can create out and so i'm bringing it back we're doing a lot of spiritual a lot of metaphysical talk today and our our guest today is an expert at that. Um, just for shits and giggles, uh, many of you who are listening to the show know that I talk about my uh, executive assistant a lot, Karina. She's the marketing director of my company. Shout out to Karina. Uh, we had a list, over 50 people applied within one week for the show, which we're excited about. But going through all the different applications, Karina particularly found our guest today and she's like, I want her on the show. She's so IB, she's so sexy and she's so like just fun and like, really is going to add a lot of value. So we're excited. Just letting you know, she was handpicked by my team. Um, And if you can see her on camera, you'll see that she's absolutely gorgeous. So um, I'm going to invite you to hang out with us today. Because again, we're gonna be talking about all things metaphysical. Today's guest is Colette Davenport. Colette Davenport is a metaphysical image consultant and advisor to high profile women. Her signature metaphysical makeover unveils the client's infinite self image so they can fulfill their desires and destiny in a state of grace. Colette, excuse me, Colette selectively advises and partners with luminaries, those who are invested in creating extraordinary experiences. As an international speaker, best-selling author, and host of the upcoming YouTube channel, Metaphysical Beauty, her mission is to elevate beauty beyond the body. Welcome to the show, Colette. Well,
1: I'm excited to be here. Thank you for
0: having me. Of course, of course. So for today, we're talking a lot about image but not necessarily outer beauty, but beauty within that shines out. And we're talking a bunch about how image positioning and particularly how self-image cannot be anything less than infinite to experience your full potential here in the physical. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about the importance of image and why infinite image is important for women in leadership to embody.
1: So uh, let me just start by saying I've been an entrepreneur since I was eight, and I've only ever worked for myself and sort of made up the, the offer, the business model, et cetera, as I go based on the thing that feels of uh, most interest and um, things I'm most fascinated by. I've I've built my business around that. And out, along the way, one of the things that I've discovered is that um, if I'm creating in order to achieve some goal based out of a fear. So just to put it in in financial terms, if I'm running my business or trying to create an offer because I'm afraid of not being able to pay my bills, which was a past version of me um, for many years, uh, or some you know not feeling worthy enough not feeling smart enough not feeling you know res- responsible enough a lot of these things that that have come up to be to be revealed and healed along the journey but if I'm creating from that perspective, what I create a isn't going to take off in the in the you know in the cosmic way it, it has the potential And B, I'm going to be met with limitation after limitation after limitation, disappointment, more fear, more worry, more doubt. So, the importance of infinite self image, and I use that word very intentionally, um, is when we see ourselves as infinite, then we're not trying to prove something to someone or overcome some fear or doubt or worry because we are, in fact, fucking infinite. And from this infinite self image, we get to create whatever we desire and play in business and play, whether that's, we're talking a little bit about business here, right? But whether that's in our relationships, within our bodies, whatever it may be, and this metaphysical beauty business that... Is birthed um, recently last year was an entire year of ideation and incubation because something new a new iteration a new um, way to present my body of work wanted wanted to come through and so I'm playing now in the playground of in the beauty industry so that I can in fact elevate the conversation beyond the body so that we can really play (laughs) with our creations from a place of joy and peace and certainty. And girl, I just have experienced both sides of that coin. We're creating fear and doubt and worry, um, hustle and grind and nothing wrong with working. But if we're working to prove we're worthy, we will not be fulfilled in our endeavors.
0: Yeah. So I think it's really great. This is why I love having guests because I can talk and talk and talk and everyone can listen, but it's, I always say, it's just the same message, different messenger. And, you know, you have a way of saying it. That's just so empowering and graceful, but it's very similar to what I say. And I don't think I've ever had a guest on my show that understands the importance and appreciates play as much as I do. And so I consistently tell people it's about giving yourself permission to play with curiosity and to play with imagination. I, when I first started my business, um, you know, for me, I was fired from my corporate position and I had to get back to the income that I was making, but I wanted to do it my way. Never done it. No testimonials, no programs, didn't have any clients. Like, I had no idea what I was necessarily going to do, but I, I went forward. And the thing was, I created a multiple six-figure company in six months. How? Because one, as you're saying, I started as a multiple something figure woman in my energy, and at the same time, I got help. I had a mentor. I had somebody support me. And what she would constantly say to me is, "Are you willing to see it differently? Are you willing to see it differently? Are you able to bring you know the spiritual aspects into this and not just be chasing numbers as a saleswoman you used to be and climbing the leaderboard?" And so, you know, that was a big part of it. Is kind of referring as the law of assumption, understanding the law of correspondence, as within, so without. And then also, you know, really being able to play. So I don't work on Fridays, like and now this year is actually Monday too, but it's not that I'm not working. It's more so I'm actually dreaming. I'm going really big picture. And that's what a CEO does. You're not stuck in the maze. You rise up so you can see full picture. And so I just love that you're like, yes, I gave myself permission to get it wrong. But then I saw what can I do different and give myself permission to play. So I love that we're talking about this. Now, it's not just you know an idea and a concept. You actually have a really in-depth technique that you call the data import method. And so can you explain what this technique is uh, that you developed and that you work with your clients on. I'd love to pick your brain about this. This is going to be great.
1: My masterpiece, right? And it was developed out of necessity um, because I've been in the healing and the helping fields. I have a yoga teacher certification and a meditation and a Reiki and a tantra blah. blah, blah. I have like the background, right? And, um, and so I've always been on this inquiry, the self-inquiry. And I've been a philosopher, right? Like that's people are like, what do you do? I'm a philosopher. Mm -hmm. But ultimately that's, that's what I identify as. And, um, I've lived a, an, an interesting life, like I said, been an entrepreneur, we have all had our challenges, which are often the catalyst for what we create in our business and our body of work, right? Well, I was gifted with a, a challenge. It's a brainstem tumor. It's benign, so I'm totally good. Uh, but it's been a part of my life now for 14 years. And early on, it I perceived it as like The worst thing in the world, right? My life is over as I know it was kind of the the mantra, the dialogue in my mind. And, you know, went to the surgeons at MD Anderson and this healer and all the the alternative healing healing methods. Um, And none of it worked and I refused to get surgery because the, the the outcome was that my tongue would be paralyzed on the, on the right side. So I'd have unilateral paralysis. And they were like, oh, you'll be fine. You'll learn to speak again and chew and swallow. And I'm like, talking, speaking out are like my favorite things in the whole world. And I don't want it to change, you know? So let me figure this shit out for myself. I know I have the power within me. Let me go on that journey, right? And so um, what I came to realize along that journey was that all of these alternative methods and and even, you know, if I would have gotten uh, surgery and the speech um, therapy, that all would have worked had I not hated myself so much, Mm -hmm. had I had this secret, I mean, we all have our silent self-image, right? How we see ourselves, how we talk to ourselves in our own heads. So had that self image been one of infinite, I can do anything. Of course I can. Like I believed it intellectually. I'd read a bunch of books that showed, you know, results of other people doing wild and crazy things like that. But I didn't truly embody the belief that I, I too am infinite. I too am worthy. I too have the power to create whatever it is that I desire. So I've got it like you, lots of helpers, lots of coaches, lots of healers along my journey, which I credit with contributing to the formation or formulation of the Davenport method. So I crafted something that was um, succinct and reliable and repeatable, something that I could use to go from triggered and thinking I'm unworthy and incapable and a piece of shit and I'll talk more about that specific piece of this puzzle in a minute but going from triggering that not good enoughness to the truth the truth is i am infinite the truth is i am love and to and to use um i'm not religious but to use religious terminology i am you know uh i'm 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 source i'm god right and and so anything less than that truth for me was very difficult to navigate and you know, I tried all the things to navigate it in an unhealthy way, like booze and drugs and food and TV and and shopping and all the ways in which, you know, we seek to feel better when when that core sense of self seems um, not good enough. Right. And so that was the origin, if you will, of the Davenport method. Now there are two. Aspects to it. And I like to say, and Matt, you, you were pr- probably all here in this conversation familiar with cosmetic surgeons
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and how they come in and they listen to what we want and then they work their magic in surgery and we walk out. Granted, there's recovery period, but we walk out looking different than we did walking in. Yeah. Right. So the first part of the Davenport method, which by the way, I've just playfully been like, oh, so there's the cosmetic surgeon and then there's me. I'm the cosmic surgeon. Like I
0: <laughs> very good branding there.
1: <laughs> I operate in the metaphysical space, the spiritual space, the soul space, right? So the first thing that we do is diagnose a person's soul wound. Mm-hmm wound is something that we all have by virtue of being born human (laughs) and it's some version of I'm not good enough right so sometimes people in in our industry a lot of times we initially struggle with not being good enough and there's like imposter syndrome going Mm -hmm. on and then as we rise up I've had clients um and myself included experience the oh I'm I, I don't want to show myself as better than, like I'm too much. And I, let me just dim down just a hair so that people don't come, come at me too hard. So anyway, all of those are iterations of the soul wound. Now, what I've discovered is that to simply acknowledge there's a wound or a, belief, a limiting belief about not being good enough or about being too much, um, it, that's, it's too general. We actually have to get, and this is the this is the key, one of the keys of the Davenport method. We actually have to get specific and to the point where it feels like we're being punched in the gut. Mm. So, so that's what my diagnostic process does. And just to give you an example of what I'm talking about, my soul wound is that I'm an ugly, disgusting waste of time. Mm. And while I can say that now with no charge, right? I'm just neutral. I was in tears, as you might imagine, when I recognized that was the story stealthily (laughs) sabotaging me for decades, right? It was the impetus for many of my choices, like becoming a call girl, for example. Um, And also the thing that would cause me to react in very negative ways in my relationship when I wasn't getting the attention that I wanted. And those are just some quick examples, right? But also the recognition of that very specific to me, like a fingerprint, soul wound, um, the recognition of that was like, now I know, now I know what the culprit, the single source of my reactions to sometimes completely benign events or situations, right? Like it's my, it's within me that causes me to react to that the way that or somebody sitting next to me who doesn't have the ugly, disgusting waste of time wound would see that and be like, no big deal. Right. You're gonna react to something else <laughs> that I might be completely like, what the, what are you getting upset about, you know? So the diagnostic process is is um is a is the foundation of the Diamore method. And once we know what that soul wound is, we actually don't have to go digging around for any other things that have happened in the past to process them to heal them. Because there's plenty of shit that's going to happen in our lives that's going to trigger us that will call forth that one wound. Everything else is a derivative of that one wound. And so there's plenty of stuff that's going to happen in our now life to trigger that and some of it's mild but some of it's major. And so when we get triggered now is when we do step 2 or the second aspect of the Davenport method which is what I call soul surgery. And again another very specific process that has uh, that I've developed and evolved over the years. And this is what gets us in four steps. So simple and repeatable and reliable, right? Four steps from triggered to the truth or centered is another way I like to think about that. So we get back in our center and we can now respond differently and more productively um, to a circumstance that causes like knocked us off out of alignment, right? It's real useful, especially in relationship for being able to communicate um, and and, and in, in business as well. Um, because no longer am I worried about people coming at me if I'm too much, for example. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, am, I know the truth of who I am and I trust this aspect of myself that I am love. I am light. It's, I am also human. So I use my soul surgery on myself from time to time, a lot less now than I did before. Um, but it's, it, it it frees me to simply be me in every aspect of my life. And the soul, the idea behind the soul surgery is yes, I'm taking somebody through a very experiential, metaphysical um, process to, to get to that truth. And we're not thinking our way and and you know using empty affirmations and trying to convince ourselves of something that can be done there are people that are doing that and it's working for them but boy does that take a long time <laughs> and so i'm i'm more interested in the rapid results yeah. rapid revolutionary meaning we're like we did a whole revolution we are not the person we were before and my experience is we can't go back you know, sure, we're going to we're going to encounter other hurdles along the way, because again, human life and all the things. But now we are encountering those hurdles from a um, higher level of consciousness and a greater um, experience of ourselves and a more rapid return to that infinite nature.
0: That's how I like to do everything. I like to go fast. I love to hyperspeed. Now you brought up so much here, but you were you know, speaking so well about it that I didn't want to interrupt, but just to add a few things. So yeah. 100%, as you were saying, somebody else on the outside can see the same thing and not feel the same. Um, you know, your perception is what defines your reality. And so I always use a silly example and my listeners probably know what I'm about to say, but just to share with you, you know, I like to say uh black cat and whatever first comes to your mind, like say the first thing. And I like to do this in the same words each time I do the example, because you'll get so many different answers. But if I say black cat, um, out of curiosity, what comes first thing to your mind, Colette? What, like, what are the words? No, my cat, <laughs> your cat, right? Okay, so you probably love your cat. Um, very often, you'll get as you can imagine, uh, which is Halloween, you'll get superstitious, you'll get evil. And then another half of the room will say my cat, my cute, Cuddly companion, like, oh, cute, fluffy, love. Like, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're getting evil and cute when I said the one word. How you feel about it is how you are labeling it and you're defining it in your reality. So what happens within whatever story you had of a cat, whatever, you know, you remember your grandmother's cat that used to call you when you were a kid, right? Or you, you watch too many scary movies or you've always had cats, but of course it's those stories and the things that you have that you build up, they condition you and really you keep that and you suppress that. And if you're not aware of it, you can be defining your whole reality against you in many cases versus having it work for you. So yeah, I call that the deception or perception, but as within, and so without law of correspondence again, and it's really important if you're not somebody because you're an energetic body before your physical body, you know, you brush your teeth, you wash your face, you're combing your hair, but are you cleansing your energy? Are you checking in on internally in your emotions and your energetics? Because if you're not cleansing that you're literally just sweeping crap underneath a rug. And it's not going away, it's just piling up, it's suppressing, it's suppressing until something happens where you can't fit anymore, and you get triggered and you react. When you react is when you're losing your power, but it also tells you what's going on, you have to really think about that. And so, you know, for me, I, my story, um, and it's interesting, but my evolution, my growth, people see me all the time like, Cynthia, when I'm as confident as you, I'm like, huh, that's not how it happens. <laughs> OK, you got to do all the things to become confident, you know, become confident and then do the thing. A lot of internal work, my story forever. And, you know, and I like how you brought this up it's not necessarily that you hate yourself. Okay. It's like, but if you are going to go and have this infinite potential, it's also realizing what things are you not necessarily being kind about to yourself or what are things you're not even like noticing that you're not showing love towards. You need to fully love unconditionally, wholly love yourself entirely mentally, physically, energetically, like all the way around to Access your full potential because that's infinitely loving. So for me, my story wasn't necessarily that I hated myself, but I really depended on other people for my success all the time. As a baby, I was seven years younger than everyone. And um, I would drop something and 10 people would run to get it. Right. Like people would, I have this video that my husband watched one time. It was funny. I'm sitting there and have star sunglasses on. There's five people, like, uh, obviously somebody's videotaping five people taking like Polaroid pictures. And they're like, Cindy, Cindy. And my husband's like, is this your birthday? I'm like, that's a Tuesday. Like, that's how I grew up. Right. And so for me, a lot of the stories that I thought was, well, somebody else will take care of it. Like I'll be taken care of. I'll be fine. So I put a lot of that weight onto my husband. I relied on jobs that were going to get me to the very top, you know, eventually though, I experienced a bankruptcy. Eventually though, I got fired from my corporate job, right? Like all these things outside of me. So my story was, I thought happiness came from without. I thought for me to be protected, for me to feel safe, for me to be successful, that I had to rely on something outside of me until I really did the inner work and found out that nothing outside of me is truly the source of my success or my happiness. And so discovering that is honestly when Interphone feminine beast came into play. So I just want to say, I like completely relate to everything you're saying and the work that you're doing is absolutely, as I said, revolutionary and important. And that's why I wanted to talk about this today. It's not just systems and strategies, y'all. Like this is the work that's gonna make all the difference. If you don't have this, you're literally just being busy and moving shit in the physical. Like that's all you're doing. So this is the kind of work I love talking about. So let's dive a little bit deeper and like actually give a real life example. I love to hear of a Cinderella story or one of those clients wins that, you know, on the day that you die you're like, I was on this planet, one of the best things I've done. (laughs) You know what I mean? So let's share a client win that you've had doing the Davenport method and working with you.
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, And before I get to that, that story, I'll just share that I've been using my method in the context of a coaching program for about a. Approaching a decade. I've been a coach for over a decade and, and started implementing the Davenport method to, to, to use with my clients in, within a, like a six month coaching, a traditional coaching model. And like I said, there was at the end of 2021, something more like cosmic uh, versus the coaching model, which is a beautiful model for achieving goals and solving problems rapidly and, you know, sourcing the um the solution from within ourselves. And so, beautiful thing. And there was this call, um, this urge within me to take my body of work and what I know and what I've developed and what I've experienced um, to the next level. And so, that was 2022, was the, inc- like I said, ideation, incubation of that. And so, the offer, the only way that I'm working with people in my only public offer currently is something I'm calling a metaphysical makeover. It's essentially a one day uh, can be done in person in my office or virtually um, where the first thing we do is we have the diagnose the soul win diagnosis call. And then our day, our time together is to do soul surgery. And from that new infinite self image, actually create the, the vision, right? Solidify, create when they end up with a um, mystical magical mind map of what's what's now going to be created. And so the um the story that I love to share with you is uh, the first person who did my metaphysical makeover and she is she just turned 65 this week. Um she had ha started her real estate career at 56. She had been a um um, a dental assistant to her husband, who was the dentist for many, many years. And when he retired, um, she wanted to do something for herself and she became a real estate broker in a small town in South Texas, which, um, if you guys know anything about real estates in South Texas, it's largely ranches, especially if you're in a small town, like you're surrounded by a lot of land. So who runs that show? The good old boys. So mm-hmm. Is this former dental assistant who worked for her husband, starting a brand new career, not having, you know, been in the business, but she's just a bright light like us. Right. So she, whatever she touches just becomes gold and magic and all the things. So, um, and she found me, she read my book, which was called get your magic back uh, a few years back and became a coaching client of mine and had extraordinary success. And we kept it. And so as I'm creating this new offer this new iteration of my body of work. She she basically said, listen, I don't care what you're doing. I know it's going to improve my life, so let's do it. So that's how she became my first metaphysical makeover client. And so she her problem, quote fingers, problem was, so she's got a really successful real estate broker. She's got two offices and maybe a dozen other realtors that work for her. And so she's successful and she's made this in eight years, right? And so, um, but her issue is that she has the worker bee mentality. So she's involved in so much that she's overwhelmed and burnt out and not living her best life, right? Enjoying all of her success. And, And so there was the, it started out, she sort of needed to prove herself amongst the, you know, her peers in the business. But again, she's proved it. And so now she's like, I really want the, I want my own ranch. She's also, um, she's a musician. She's got a song that she's written in the Smithsonian. Wow. She's just an incredible human, but she was in worker bee mentality and getting burnt out and doing all the things and like hating life. I use strong language there, but, uh, but so she came to me and she's like, all right, so (laughs) Make me infinite Colette and I'm like, all right, girl, let's go. And so uh so we did her makeover and the so <laughs> the way that we playfully languaged it is she transformed from worker bee as a self-image to Queen B. Nice. Right. And so one of the after we did that through her soul surgery, um and the thing that the the magical mind map that we outlaid for her at the very center of it was her what she's calling her love song ranch. So this is her dream. This is her, her legacy. And this ranch has a, a her 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 um, Spanish style hacienda on it and a lake and a recording studio and guest quarters and artists come here and they just, you know, are elevated from what she's built. So that's her dream. And so. We laid that out, and she's thinking, "Well, shit, this is gonna take a long time and tens of millions of dollars, and I'm already 64 at the time she was." And I was like, "Ah, oh, no, 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 no! We're creating from a metaphysical infinite identity where all things are possible." And so, what we did was, we knew what the what the what the core desire, the soul desire, was, right? And it was totally aligned. She was lit up. I took her through a visualization process where she was already there and it was already done and we were she was already enjoying it and then I said let's now knight let you're the queen bee so let's knight knight um who the who the like who are who are five big players so she was like oh there's an architect and there's the land that I want anyway we did all the things within oh let me back up one step and she's like, ultimately, yes, I want this thing. But what I truly want is freedom. I want to feel free in my life and feel free to have what I want and do what I want when I want all the things, right? So that was experience that on that day. And from that, within three days, here's the result. And it's just been ongoing. But within three days, she had, I believe it was another... $3.1 million in, in listings, two offers on two of her ranches and a referral from a past client for somebody who is moving to her ta- her small Texas town, um, who is an artist. So she's already like calling forth the connections. So she ran into this builder that she hadn't, she knew who he was, but hadn't had this real relationship with, ran into the guy, saw him at HEB and said, hey, I want to build this <laughs> this Spanish style casita out of earth bricks, basically like let's dig it from the earth on the ranch and build it out of this. Right. And he's like, Oh yeah, that's, I do that. I'd love to do that. So ran into him like within three days. Um, and then the place, the location, she knew of this ranch. Cause again, she's in that business. She knew of this piece of land. It wasn't for sale. And about six months prior to her metaphysical makeover, she had one conversation with this landowner. And they weren't like really interested in selling. But it was like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Starting that starting that relationship, they call, She, the landowner, called my client,
0: yep.
1: blue, and said, "I want you to sell my ranch." Mm-hmm. best friends, and the woman is enrolled in. Like creating the love song range with my client. She's like, oh, let's do this and I'll invest in it. And just all these I have chills right now thinking about this, talking about this. Um, and it's just been ongoing, Cynthia. And so those are just the first three days <laughs> of things that have come to fruition for her in financially. So there's a very tangible um, you know, part of the puzzle to get to that ultimate dr- creation of the ultimate dream. Um, but more most importantly for me is that she felt she felt that freedom. She recognized, um, the identity that she was holding as the worker bee and she let it go so that she could sit in her queenly throne and create, um, and fulfill her desires. So.
0: Yeah. I love that. That is so good. And I, I believe every single word of it. And by the way, I'm, I really appreciate how you took us back and kind of explained the whole process. Cause that really helps us understand that full picture. But, um, yeah, so I mean, when it comes to manifesting and that's what you know that's a big word out there uh, we're not just manifesting in our businesses but in every area of our life the thing is you know to consciously do it it's the very first step like you said is to identify to be able to understand what we need to let go in order to make room to receive the things we want you know I always talk about uh, I think many people when they first got into uh, metaphysics and you and I will both agree it's Pretty elementary, but I started there too. Was really, you know, just the secret, right? It started as the movie and then it became the book. And then um, it's they always say Rhonda Byrne says ask, believe, receive. I always say, yeah, but I feel like there's a lot more to that. It's ask, in my opinion, it's not about believing because we believe a lot of shit that's not true. It's about really having a knowingness, an unshakable knowingness. But making room to receive, you don't just receive if you're not making room, you know, God will never give you anything you can't handle. You want 100 new clients? Well, do you have the policy set up? Do you have the procedure set up? Do you have the the team to be able to onboard? Do you have the capacity and the leadership ability to handle that? Because if not, you're going to waste your reputation. It's all going to fall apart. You have to create room. And that's exactly why, as we go back to the very first thing we were talking about today, the importance of playing with that imag- imagination, playing with that curiosity, because this is how it uh, it happens. And I'd love for you to add to this, because I'm sure you can uh, put even more to it. But the thing is, you first identify what it is we need to release so that we create that space. Then what we do is we Tap happened to the infinite. As you said, we go to the spiritual realm and here is where we, it's like a sea of possibilities. It's literally an ocean of potentiality. Nothing's created, nothing's destroyed. So therefore everything already exists. You give yourself permission to play, to frolic, to swim in this. And wherever you get lit up, as you said, your client, she goes, Oh, it was a hell. Yes. Like it felt so good because her desire was pulling her. She aligned with her desire and had clarity in what it is. Then what happens is you let her play in her mind because this is the second realm. This is the mental realm. In the mental realm, we are playing with imagination. And what happens very often is that when something comes to our thought, we're like, oh, I had the best idea ever. I created this idea. No, you didn't. You aligned with it. But then what happens is you get all excited and you think about all the things and then the doubt comes in. The The stories that you didn't let go, they come back in. And I always say, starve your doubt, feed your inner and beast. This is where all of a sudden you're like, how's it going to happen? There's no way that's going to happen. And you create all this resistance from it even happening. So when you are playing with your imagination, just know if it's in your mind, as Disney says, if you can dream it, you can do it. Picasso says, if you can imagine it, it's real. How else are you experiencing it? What you have to do is feed it to nurture it and to really extend it and grow it and go as far as possible. Again, tapping into that infinite and then holding on to that, knowing it's true, because then in your physical, this is when you need to start making those actions and showing up as the woman that already has that, and that's how you bring it here and and make that room. And it comes into the physical. It's not just doing things. Okay, that's where everybody gets wrong spiritual, mental, physical, mind, body, soul, they're all connected. This is your true potential. You're not just a meat suit in the physical. You're not just what you say you are in your mind. You're not just spiritual. You're all of it. So that's exactly what you're kind of like doing with your clients. And I, again, I, this is what I'm teaching as well, but it's two different people with the same message, different messengers. And I love how this is how you're focusing. Cause I know it works. I can tell, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> so
1: yeah, and on that note, yes, you're just like everything I'm like, who are you? am I looking in a mirror listening to myself? Exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: so glad, like you and I are gonna like, we need to make some magic, girl. Um, but so the as you're talking to, you know, I have presented this method, my body of work, this knowledge and and wisdom in various ways along my entrepreneurial journey, along my career. And you know, I sort of like I said, I, I in my 20s, I was a cult girl, and that led me to becoming an intimacy coach, getting going legit and actually helping people um, heal themselves as it relates to sex, intimacy, relationship, et cetera. And so that was my early coaching um, offering. And then it led to working with empathic entrepreneurs like myself who would traditionally struggle with marketing or magic. And because I learned how to do that and just went from like, you know, one to like, 20 grand, I think I made 23K one year and over over six figures the next when I learned marketing mm-hmm. uh, and and applied the Davenport method. It came from that inner shift or transformation that I made. So then the marketing was effortless mm-hmm. a lot of work, but it became it, like the enthusiasm made it feel like play and effortlessness. So that um, is another arena that I've played in, but now it's like the... Because I have total freedom and I like, what is my legacy body of work and what is just pure play, pure creation? What's the masterpiece looking like these days? And that's when this, um, the vision to apply my methodology um, in the beauty industry sort of came to fruition a you know we uh, those of us uh, you know who have public images beauty is important to us how we look and how we appear is important to us but we typically think of it as our physical bodies and so my unique uh history with a brainstem tumor and you know seeing like n- not looking liking at all what i saw in the mirror for a very a long a long time and then really healing that wound I'm an ugly disgusting waste of time and now like I don't care if the like it's, it's there it's not there it'll go away it'll say I don't care right and so I actually experienced like what beauty really is and what I know beauty to be is one of the ways in which we experience God or the infinite or source, the other two being love and understanding, right? So like you were mentioning the the physical, uh, mental and spiritual. So we have our perceptions which we experience like our five senses right and so that's how we perceive beauty like the beautiful music beautiful flowers beautiful uh, meal these this way that we experience the infinite through beauty and then there's love that's the emotional way that we are emotional beings rather and so we experience the love and then there's the the mental and that's knowing like you said before it's one thing to i forget how you said it exactly but you're like you have to know this before you can do that and so um bringing this uh, spiritual technology if you will to the beauty industry and elevating beauty beyond the body just sounds like a fucking great time and and who who better i say who better to lead that conversation Than somebody who really struggled with her physical beauty for a very long time and overcame that. And not, I didn't need, I used to think, but I didn't need this physical body to be the evidence so that I could feel beautiful. I don't need the evidence to prove the beauty that I experience, um, through my body and all my senses and all the wonderful things that I get to do in the world as well.
0: I think we can all agree that we've experienced this before where we've met somebody and it doesn't matter if they're female or male, where technically they did not catch our eye. okay? They were not the most attractive to us in the physical, but the second you really kind of got in their presence and they opened their mouth or they express, uh, express some kind of kindness or you just really were open to them, you couldn't get enough of them. You know, they're just like something you, you literally are just commanding the, the, the attention of the room when you are infinite within. And all of a sudden it changes perception. People see you as the most beautiful. And there are times, and I know this to be true. I've even told this about my husband, about like previous bosses and things that I've had where I met her on day one. I was like, Oh my gosh, this woman I'm going to work for is the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Like, she's so pretty. Like I even feel like intimidated, right? Like, Oh my gosh, she's like made by the hands of angels. I swear. And then all of a sudden her inner demons, her things that are suppressed, her things and hatred towards herself comes out. next thing you know, you notice every little blemish. You notice, like, and that's, we shouldn't be judging and labeling like that, but like, you kind of look for it when somebody has that within. And that's a big part of it. Again, it's just as within, so without, so without, so within. And it's not about balancing them, but just having them and like be in harmony. And like, you know, you find that piece where it doesn't matter. Like, you just don't judge and label, just be. Happy and observed. Like it just go with it. I, I just love this conversation. I think it's so important. I love what um, you're doing. I'm just curious because um, a lot of the work that you're doing with your clients is what I refer to as like the law of assumption, which is really taught a lot by like Neville Goddard. And Neville Goddard is one of my favorite metaphysicians. Our listeners know because I bring him up a lot. Um, out of curiosity, who are some of your favorite metaphysical teachers?
1: Yeah, so Neville Goddard is is certainly up there. I feel uh, again, I like direct, succinct, reliable information. Um, so he's the one that I have found to be, that even though it's like from way earlier in the early 1900s, but the, the modern metaphysician that I um, I call on, if you will, for information.
0: How did I know that? I can tell just by the way that we're thinking and the way that we teach, like there's definitely um, stems from his teachings, which is really cool. And again, that's a leaving legacy. That's what we're doing here now, too. You know, that's really cool. Anybody yeah. else?
1: Yeah. So the other person is Jesus. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. You know, and I I think that he's misunderstood. And I'll just caveat that by saying I've never read the Bible. Um, but there's like you get enough uh, scripture from Neville Goddard, for example, and other people like Florence Govelshin.
0: Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. I knew it. <laughs> the game of life and how to win. Yeah, I, I love how Neville talks about Jesus' teachings. It, when I read it, I was like. All the like Catholicism I grew up and everything like and all the Christian like it just made sense to me and I just really really vibed with it. But yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. Just got excited.
1: (laughs) I was saying like for me I'm like well that motherfucker was a mystic. Like he just was teaching what you know Neville and everybody and and those of us who are tuned in and have had the you know, lifelong curiosity and listening and looking and feeling for the, the truth, if you will, like that's all he was doing. He was just doing it at some like extraordinary level. But there are others like him um, that had the same um attunement and desire to share, you know, the Buddha comes up, Krishna comes up, there are these spiritual, um, these um, these wise people. And there are normal everyday people like you and me who are, i um, sharing the same exact concepts. Now, I, I'll speak for myself. I'm not trying to be Jesus. I like having the dual life experience of like that ultimate, you know, enlightened, peaceful experience. Like, I, oh man, I love that. I spend a lot of, like you're saying, Mondays and Fridays, you don't work. I don't work either, but that's the work that I do. I dwell in that spiritual, peaceful, Place. And that's what allows me to get to work Tuesday through Thursday, doing, you know, serve, serving others. And so I, I think it's important for us to recognize um, that we're doing similar work to, to Neville Goddard than those that we have, have considered to be our teachers.
0: Yeah. Such good conversations. And, you know, as Jesus says, you know, as I can do, you can do more, you know, so just remember that. What a great conversation. I'm so happy that we connected. As you said, I kind of feel there's something else here. So I wouldn't be shocked if there was another show or something else out of this, but really happy to have you as connection as a, a now friend. And um, I would love for our listeners to be able to connect with you as well. So of course, we'll put the links below in the description. So what is the best way to find out more about you or to connect with you, Colette?
1: Yeah, so like I said I took a I took eight months off so I called my soul sabbatical last year so all of my online assets are sort of you know in limbo so to speak that that'll all be changing real soon so the best way to connect with me to get a feel for me beyond this is to find me on Facebook because I have been consistent there uh currently the website is just a hey here we are if you want to connect here's an application so if you feel like that is the next step you actually do want to connect with me then go to my my website, Colette and fill out that application for an opportunity to speak with me privately.
0: I love that. And yeah, you and I connected on Facebook. I'm there all the time too. So you're really friendly in DM, easy to connect with. Um, So we'll put both of those links so everyone can. Okay. And thank you so much again for being here today. Um, Great conversation. I'm glad to bring it back to the fact that it's not just what you do. It's who you are when you do it. Thanks for being here. And to our listeners till next time, acknowledge it, embrace it, see it through. Thank you for listening to the Inner Feminine Beast podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. I check my reviews every week and each one truly does mean so much. So thank you. And also, if you want to keep the conversation going, be sure to visit my website, innerfemininebeast.com to join our communities and so you can also connect with women who are on the same journey. I can't wait to see you on the inside.